truth, reality, and love are essential components of existence. They are not what we think of them. They are what they are, and they are what they were before we started thinking. And they are inviolable. And that means indestructible. It means violence has no impact on them. They're safe from desecration, disintegration. What we do in thought about them does not affect them. What thought affects is the experience we're having of what we think. And to make believe that life is impossible because we think impossible thoughts is to imbue thoughts with all possibility. And if they had all possibility, or were expressing all possibility, they certainly wouldn't be thinking life is impossible. How we each behave is how we all behave. And as we each behave in these seemingly separate ways, the sum total of all that behavior is what we're experiencing every moment. And what we're experiencing, while it is the subtotal, sum total of all things that have ever happened in any given moment, it does not affect our knowing awareness in any given moment. Our knowing awareness is knowing. It's a presence that is all-knowing, all-being, all of the omnis, omniscient, omnipresent. It's those things that if that infinite source contains, that infinite source could not hold from us because it would be what we are built on and or the order of our basis, our essence. And freedom and love, we can't be addicted to truth and freedom and reality because there is no condemnation in any of them. And addiction is limited to thinking thoughts that aren't true as being true. And when I think thoughts that I think are true, are true, I think I'm the creator of reality, when in fact I have been, I'm a product of reality. And that would be a major conflict in thought. So talking about this in essential terms is to broaden the base of awareness to see that all the things that we do in our thoughts impact our human experience. They don't determine our truth or reality, and none of us have our own truth and reality that's individual to each of us if what that truth and reality is isn't shared by all of us. There is no such thing as a distinction between truth and reality. And what we fight over in terms of what we call our truth and our reality is just justification to claim that ours is so right that someone else should be hurt by our insistence and demand that they abide by it. And that's just another petty justification for maintaining violence and perpetuating conflict and justifying unjustifiable righteous ends. And if this essence is what we share, then talking about it openly 
would be like turning a light on in a room and exposing the darkness to light. And darkness never wins that fight because it can't. Light always wins. We are products of it, all of us. We can think we're not. We can think we're distinct. And in thinking those things, we will feel segregated and alone as a result and discriminated against as a result. Because there is no discrimination or segregation in an infinite source. None. And to team up with a group of people and say that it's us against them is to create the division that gives us a sense of isolation and has been very common through human history. And the wars that have been fought have never been won to require we continue to still fight wars or think we're required anyhow. And that may be a big leap from thinking about personal conflict to going to war, but it's exactly what leads to war. The sum total of all the opinions that righteousness is right and that what it requires is a fight. And to think about what's said about freedom is that we need to protect and fight for freedom. There is no fight in freedom. There is no protection of freedom. It's a natural state of being. It can't be defended because it isn't at risk. So to act those ways in human terms and think those human terms are all that is, is a grandiose approach to denying all that is. To consider an infinite source our source, to consider an absolute source our source, is not grandiose or arrogant. It's at, it's grandiose and arrogant to consider it's not if it is. And this is an argument that it is. This is a chance to actually look and see that if we simply consider something that may be and apply that consideration in any direction, it's like two plus two is four. And when you use that in mathematics consistently, you'll see that it actually performs perfectly every time without conflict, without undermining the solution, without complicating the problem. So the consideration of these concepts that we're talking about, if these concepts are real and true, then they're real and true. And there's nothing about it that we can do that won't do anything other than simply change our human experience. And that's on each of us and as a result, all of us. And to think of all of us is to recognize that we are, as just said, right now, in the face of, Everything that everyone has ever done and everything that has ever happened at any time in all time and before time started. Facing right now. What we call what's happening. Or we call in human terms reality. And it's a good metaphor for reality because it's reflecting all that's happening. Not what I think is happening. It's reflecting all that is happening. And if I limit it to what I think is happening, I'm going to miss a lot of what's happening. And to think what I'm thinking is so profound that it's all that's happening and to ignore what is happening on the broader scale is, again, to use the horizon of my thought as the end of all rather than recognizing it's the beginning of all. And what is always beginning, what is always new, 
is the present state of our awareness. And that is always possible. Or what is possible is always possible within that newness. Maybe better said. And if all that is possible, one thing that is possible, certainly, is not to continue making believe that lies are true. And not to believe that making making believe that I can fight, win the fight that I'm fighting in the internal basis of things that I know aren't true because I wouldn't feel wrong about them and bad about them if they were. I would simply be expressing them freely rather than finding the contempt and the sense of condemnation and aloneness and disconnect and all of those byproducts as a as an experience, my human experience. My human experience is accurately assessing what I'm doing in thought and the sum total of all that we're doing in any given moment. Because none of us are distinct from this or devoid from it. None of us can be exclusive from it at all. None of us. We're all part of it, just like all things are part of it. And they don't have to think about being part of it to be part of it. And that interactive component of everything changing all the time is that everything is interacting and interrelating with each other, always. And that, again, is a metaphor, an example, a witness to the absolute nature of all things. They're all connected. There is no addiction in truth and reality and love. There's no possibility of addiction. And yet, as we can't escape it because it is where we are and always goes where we go and always with us as it is, We're never condemned to it either. There is no condemnation in freedom. There is no condemnation in love. There is no limit imposed in something that's unlimited. And you can oppose it. And what do you get? All of it. And you can think of a piece of it. What do you get? All of it. And you can think it's not there. And you get it all. And you can think it's all there. And that how you're thinking about it is all there is. And it'll all be there. And all you're not thinking about will be there too. And to allow that to just begin to be part of any daily contemplation will give you a greater sense of an awareness that you've always had that you have simply discounted and discarded and thought was covered and thought was a secret that you needed to uncover and discover. And you'll find that that wasn't true. That was just a thought. Parading as truth and reality. Fighting for its own existence. In the name of wanting to be true. When in fact, all you have had and all we have had is truth. Jim Carrey some years back, for any of you interested in YouTube and investigating a little bit, spoke at an Ayurvedic convention back in Ohio, and I forget the name of the school, but you can find it online. It's pretty well-watched commencement speech or whatever they call graduation speeches. And one of the essences of what he said, and it was really a brilliant bit of insight on his part, and I'm sure developed by the same thinking that went into the education of the kids listening, But he said, the ego only promises us what we already have. 
And why, if we already have everything, do we go looking for it in so many other things? And think that we're going to get it in having more or having less or having this, that, or that thing this way or that way and not how it is. If we weren't somewhat, I'll suggest, insane, even in the slightest. Insanity is defined very often as seeing and hearing things that aren't happening. And if you're thinking about things as you think they should be, and thinking about things as you wish them to be, and thinking about things as you hope they will be, you're not thinking about things at all. You're thinking about your thinking. And that perpetuation of thinking is a very good shield, seemingly, to what is happening and what you do have and where you are right now, always. And to pretend that something else needs to be happening for you to be better is to completely deny and avoid that what's better is what's happening right now. And getting to any place you think you want to be that you're not only develops the opinion in a better way that getting somewhere other than you are is the only place to be. And again, to be thinking about things as they're not is to be seeing things that aren't happening. And to be talking about them in your head as though they're not is to be hearing voices about things that aren't happening. And we are perfectly free to do this. We have been for long enough to witness through his human history the cataclysmic, catastrophic failure of this thinking. Empires have fallen under this weight and will continue to. And as long as we as individuals make believe that somehow we're not part of it all and we just need to carve out our own life and not think of things in terms that includes everything, it's going to continue as evidence that we know better and we've got something to learn and we're just not interested in taking the cues and listening to the lectures that are going on in front of us that we're witnessing. We're not interested in learning. We want to simply learn how to shut ourselves off and make believe that we can be alone and that we just need to carve out a little life for ourselves that's safe so we can avoid other people and not see that there's no safety in that at all. It's actually the perpetuation of loneliness and separateness and all these I think all these ideas that are impossible to ever achieve. They're options because we're free. But if what we do is the worst thing we can do, certainly we can do better. And certainly without ever having to talk to another person about it, we can each do better by simply beginning to consider things in ways that go beyond the limits of the thinking we do and begin to expand into that seemingly unknown, which I would suggest to you we are not afraid of the unknown, we're afraid of what we know. We know better, and we're simply afraid to uncover the things that have been keeping us under the opinion and under the umbrella of thinking we don't. And we think that the vulnerability to expose ourselves is going to kill us when all it's killing are the ideas that never had any life.
And to live a life thinking we have to avoid death at all costs is to never live a life. It's to live in the shadow constantly of a haze that doesn't even exist, when in fact the source of our life does not depend on our body going on forever or our thoughts going on forever. And what we're really afraid of in death is not thinking. Because we're so reliant on thinking, if you try to even think about death, you can't think about death without thought. And I would suggest there is no death. Bodies transform. Our bodies actually, as Deepak Chopra talked about, still talks about, every seven years or so, we have brand new cells. Our whole bodies are remade. I don't hear anybody worried about that. Fretting over it. Because nature is doing what nature does. Nature does not threaten us. Nature provides for us. And for us to act unnaturally is for us to act unhealthily. If that's a word. Unhealthy. And to be unhealthy is to promote disease, to promote discomfort, to promote disturbances. And if I do it at all, I do it for everyone because I infect that grid of interconnectedness that we all share. And to any degree I do better, I promote better for everyone. And we all do that because we're all capable of it, because it's all part of the possibility that's possible for us. And the idea in addiction is there's no other option, there's no other possibility, and that's just a lie. It's just another lie. So to live in the seeming shadow of lies is to live in the shadow of doubt that seems to haunt us because it grays the, it, it shadows the, the light and creates the haunting potential images of fright. And if it's what I do that's causing this primarily in my human experience and I can make things worse, I, like you, wherever you are, whatever you're thinking, are not only capable of making it better, it's already better while we're simply thinking it's not. <laughs>